What's up, Longhorn fans? Welcome to another edition of the Recruiting Breakdown brought to you by a great Longhorn mortgage professional. That would be Gabe Winslow. Gabe is a diehard Texas ex with more than 20 years in the industry doing mortgages throughout the great state of Texas. Contact Gabe today and give him the opportunity to earn your business. I am Trey Elling, joined as always by the great Justin Wells of Inside Texas, InsideTexas.com. J-Dub, always a pleasure. How are you doing this week? It's well. It was a good little holiday, Trey. Texas won. The Cowboys won. Ate a lot of good food. Got to hang out with the kid. Life was good. Uh, a lot to be thankful for. And so uh, a lot of momentum going into this week because this feels like the storm before the storm. You know, <laughs> from when the FBS portal opens, like something out of Ghostbusters, when it opens, everything's going to change. But there's such a buildup leading up to it. There's just that excitement and anxiousness. Man, it's 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 close to early signing day. So you know, for me, it's it's pretty much balls to the wall, man. Yeah, it's like tornado followed by hurricane with the <laughs> transfer portal and then national signing day one, which really yeah. is what that February date used to be. I know there's still a national right. signing day uh, two in February, but it does not have the bite that it once did. That that all happens in December now. It does, and it, and it takes it. You know, it you know people say, well, it takes away from it, and it does, but it just shifts it two months earlier, two and a half months earlier. Um, and and, and it's I, I like the early signing period. I think there needs to be more regulation to it. But I like, you know, some of what they've been able to do. Now with them abolishing the limits on official visits, that's going to be nuts <laughs> next year if that happens. And it sounds like it will. That's going to be crazy. But, yeah, at, at this point, it's the early National Signing Day. It's that right after the – right after or right during the Texas high school football state championships, right before Christmas. There's a lot going on in the next few weeks, man. And and that's why, you know, that's one thing I love about this at Inside Texas. There's just so much going on all the time. It keeps you on your toes. As you mentioned, there was a ton going on uh, over the Thanksgiving weekend, starting with the gluttony on Thursday. Of course, the Cowboys <laughs> do win that day, a trio of NFL games that day for that matter. And then Texas host Baylor on that Friday, the 11 a.m. kickoff. And uh, although it was a tight ball game through the first three quarters, Longhorn fans, and I know this because I was sitting in the stands at DKR, did not feel good about things, especially after Quinn Ewers dropped back to pass at one point. Rolls to his left and ends up uh, facing a lot of pressure. Fumbles the football. Turns into a scoop and score that temporarily gives Baylor the lead. Then Steve Sarkeesian did what Longhorn fans have been begging him to do all season long, especially in the face of some unfortunate losses that have been the result of second-half collapses. He decided to stop throwing the football altogether and let his bell cows get the job done. And sure enough, Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, boy, what a way to cap your Longhorn career in that stadium like Roshan did for that final touchdown. Longhorns end up winning it 38-27 to and truly a great cap to a bit of an up-and-down season for Texas football. Yeah, it's definitely been more up than down, but you're right. It's felt like a roller coaster at times. Um, Texas did something different against Baylor that they hadn't really done for most of the year, and that's be the aggressor on the at the end, the finisher. They've been so good to score early, so quick to, to get out to big leads with that offense, uh, just to see it mismanaged with, with defense, too much defensive play, too much, uh, you know, just too much time left on the clock. They went the other way. And, and I think you have to give Sark and those guys credit for that. And not to mention after, you know, Ewers had his his fumble scoop and score, 
you know, it, that was the time where we've seen a few times this year where, okay, that's probably going to be the death nail, or that's probably going to be something that's, that's more hard to overcome than usual. Um, Texas flipped the script. They, they, they completely, <laughs> I think they threw one more ball over the next three or four series. I mean, it was just back and forth running duo with Bijan and Rashawn. And, you know, it, to me, it was poignant. The last game for both of those guys at DKR, and both of them touched the ball basically the entire quarter. And it was a weird game because it felt like Baylor had the ball the entire first half. I know Texas had a few missed opportunities getting on the board, and, and it just felt like Baylor was chunking up the clock. And, and I think you could kind of sense the, the staff looking at it like, look, we can't have another 100-play uh, uh, game on this defensive side. And, and, and that's what you do when you want to control tempo, when you want to get when you want to control the line of scrimmage, you run the ball. I mean, it's, it's still old school when it comes to that stuff. Texas was able to do that. You know, Baylor has a good defense. They've got a good front seven. Texas was able to gash it at times. And I think it was based basically just on the uh, pure <laughs> adrenaline of Bijan and Rashawn and that crowd. Yeah, look, there was a point in the third quarter. I actually looked the stats up. As I was uh, talking with my seatmates, Bijan Robinson, it did not feel like he was getting the ball enough because he wasn't. He had nine carries for 33 yards. And then something thankfully clicked for Steve Sarkeesian after that because he finishes a game literally in the last quarter and a third, let's say, with 20 carries for around 140 yards. So credit to Steve Sarkeesian for realizing that the running lanes had not really been there up to that point, but putting trust in a guy who has the ability to transcend whatever mediocre statistics you may be staring at on that sheet. It's not just utilizing your weapons, Trey. It's a quarterback. And listen, I thought Quinn played real well. But I also thought that timer, that mental timer still a little bit off. And they were getting a good pass rush, if you remember, in the first half and and early in that third quarter. They were getting to him at times. So it's not just utilizing the best players on your offense. It's also helping out the other guys. Quinn is not a junior quarterback. You would prefer him to be a junior with 20, 25 starts under his belt, you know, handful of 20, 30 touchdown seasons. He's a freshman. He doesn't. So how how about help him out? And they did. And I think that's what you had to do to beat Baylor because Dave Aranda has proven – the guys in Waco are going to be coached well. They're going to have good size, and they're going to have good athletes. And I think that's a good win overall against a solid team to, to, to lead. Yeah, Sark, he didn't leave any um, – there was no doubt there. And, and when Rojo hurtled the last dude in stride, I thought that was just the icing on the cake. Sark, Sark had to know, you know what, he had to think later on, probably could have handed it to those guys a whole lot more this year. And, and I think he even mentioned that earlier today. Someone asked him about the, the losses, you know, do they still sit, how they still set with him. And he had said, man, I can't stand him. He said, I think about how we didn't run the ball in the second half against Oklahoma State, against TCU, against, against Texas Tech. And it's just like, yep, that's what we saw on Friday. We saw probably a, 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 an extension of what would have been uh, maybe a couple more wins this year. Sands, the defense, not have to play so much on the field. Sark simplified it for everybody in the end of the day that's equal to w and boy how about jalen ford putting a cap on an excellent season for him no question he's going to end up as a first team all big 12 performer possibility that he ends up as an all-american too considering uh, all the different categories that he has such good (laughs) numbers in starting with the tackles of course which is such an important uh statistic for 
uh, an inside linebacker like that. But just looking at all the different turnovers forced, I know Sark mentioned it in his Monday presser, six straight games with a forced turnover, four interceptions, uh, two fumble recoveries. He's been in, on so many other plays. And by the way, a lot of those turnovers are coming in crucial moments. Absolutely. Too, Texas defense has uh, bent seriously, but ends up not breaking as a result of him coming up with the football. What's even crazier is he didn't have a tackle in the first game. I forgot. His numbers would have been in the top in the country. They're already up near the top in the country. He would have been potentially the leader. He didn't have a tackle in the game. And if you'll remember, he got burned on a gap assignment in the first half against Alabama. I believe it was when Trey Sanders or it may have been Jace McClellan. It was one of those two. McClellan took it to the house 80 yards. And you had to think, man, that inside linebacker spot still kind of a little under construction. Boy, we were wrong. Jalen Ford, he is tough, like the damn truck. I mean, this list, this kid, he is he's the quintessential strong, underrated prospect, four-star, probably, you know, three high three-star, low four-star, but hits adversity, goes through a year of, of you know of, of learning, goes through another year of lumps and, and playing and experience, and now it's paying off. You know, everybody wants players to be immediately great. They want Harold Perkins. Everybody does, Trey. Hey, trust me, get it. I get it. Harold Perkins is amazing, but they're not all like him. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time to bring out greatness. If you would have told me Jalen Ford would be up for the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year at the beginning of the season, I couldn't see it. Just could not see it, especially after the first few games. Big 12 play has been unreal. His turnovers at the time he gets them are unreal. And he deserves everything that comes to him. I, 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 I bet he has some nice NIL opportunities come his way over the next three to six months. And uh, I think he is going to be a fantastic uh, bright spot on this defense next year. Fingers crossed that he sticks in Austin next season. And with that, we do shift in into recruiting. That's great to hear. I know you talked about it last week. You were uh, confident, whereas others, myself included, are maybe squeezing a little bit too much right now. But hey, that's why we're fans. Uh, talking about the recruiting side of things, uh, the uncommitted guy that Texas fans are paying closest attention to right now is former AM commit, uh, Anthony Hill Jr., of course, linebacker out of Denton Ryan. And I know Texas is squarely in the mix, and certainly they didn't hurt their chances based on how not only Jalen Ford, but also DeMarvion Overshone played in that final regular season game against the Bears. You know, that's something we've talked about that Anthony Hill pays attention to. Linebacker play, the defensive players that are going to surround him, that's a big deal to him. Uh, understand, I, I think Texas is in a fantastic spot still. He watched some of the, the Texas Baylor game, him and his family. They they, they focused on guys like Jalen Ford and Marvion Overshone, who I think had a combined 25 tackles, four or five tackles for loss, a pair of sacks, a pick, a couple pass. Uh, past deflections. I mean, it was absolutely nuts. Um, but at the same token, I, you know, the reason he decommitted was because he just he felt like he needed to look more. But he still liked AM, Trey. He never stopped really liking the school that he originally picked. And with their win over LSU, I think that helped them a little bit. I, I think it, it gave them some momentum going into the offseason. I thought he, I think he saw some better linebacker play. And I just, it's one of those recruitments where I feel like Texas is still in a really good position, but I do think it's going to come down to the you know proximity again. You know, in the summer he picked A and M over Texas. If he you know coming up to making that decision, 
on or before National Signing Day, early National Signing Day, it's probably going to be the same thing. I know Alabama's trying to get him on campus again. Oklahoma wants to see him again. Ohio State's been been reaching out, trying to get another visit. But I think it's going to come back down to the same two schools he liked in the summer. It's going to be Texas or Texas A&M. I like Texas right now, but I'm telling you, I, he still likes A&M. He's still a, real attached to that staff. And so I, I, I hedge my bet there just because, you know, he's such a great kid and he's raised by such an incredible family. He's going to make the right decision. I respect him for stepping back in, in, in second guessing, not so much second guessing himself, but making sure he's doing the right thing. And I, and I think he, I, I just think that he's going to set himself up for, for the right decision. Credit to any kid who at that age with uh, everything flying at you in terms of uh, those big time programs that want you being able to step back like that and reassess things to make sure that you're making the right decision for the next three to four to, in some cases, five years, of right. course, because, you know, although the uh, landscape has changed with regards to being set at a place, once you decide to commit and sign up, <laughs> yeah. the hope is, is that you're not going to three or four different schools throughout your college career. You want that one place to be the final stop, if at all possible. So right. for Anthony Hill Jr. Uh, to step back, to consider his options, but also, to uh, have AM squarely in the mix, I think, uh, shows a sort of maturity, which is maybe uh, part of the reason why he is such a highly rated recruit to go along with the nastiness on the field, of course. It's a, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great point. They go hand in hand. He's been recruited almost four years, Trey. Yeah. He's gone through this. He's done this dance. They, they, they've seen the visits. They, they've, they, they've taken the trips. They understand all the, the way that this works. And I think that's why I love the way his family handles it. So it's going to come down. If I'm a Texas fan, you got to be excited because Texas is squarely in the mix. They are, they're, they're watching them quickly. They're watching how this class finishes, but at the same time, they're, they're making sure that they check all the boxes. And I think that's just that family being judicious. So there is one more big recruiting weekend for Texas football. There will be some official visits this weekend, but it sounds like it's just going to be a good old fashioned get together among uh, soon to be signees in this class of 2023. What can you tell us about what is going to happen on campus on December 17th? Right now, it looks like there's going to be a handful of official visitors that are, that are scheduled to come in. Justin Benton, Tyler Scott, um, we had another one confirmed today in Roderick Pierce. So it's a handful of out-of-state out kids. Also, Jelani McDonald actually caught up with him over the weekend. Uh, we had a, we have a, an update in the scoop from him. Uh, he, he's, he's starting to really fill TCU a lot more. He visited Fort Worth over the, a few days ago over the holiday. Now he's coming in for his official visit. He's still excited about that. He, he's really wanting to, to give Texas that final shot. And so it, it's not just those guys which are guys that are your later senior evals, which I've thought this staff has been really good about, and they haven't really offered a ton. But you, you've got to look at some guys like a Ryland Kennedy, the edge out of Mansfield uh, Lake Ridge that, that's going to be on campus that's kind of a late riser in recruiting. I think he's a kid that could potentially be there. And, and they won a lot of the commitments, and I think you're going to see a lot of the commitments there. Uh, which ones? You know, there's <laughs> there's a less than a month to try to figure that out, and, and I think the staff and those that'll all get worked out pretty soon. And that's the beauty of Inside Texas. You just have to come check you know, every ten or fifteen minutes. <laughs> but but seriously, it's it's one of those final kind of deals. They're still bringing in some other years though. There's going to be some twenty some some, some higher guys, some 2024 guys that are going to be in, in the mix as well. And so it's just going to be a, one of those kind of 
going away. I feel like type deals like, hey, let's see, you know, last bash with, with, with this 23 crew, see how they can finish strong, kind of get everybody on the same page at the same time, because a lot of these dudes are going to be on campus a few weeks later when they enroll early in January. Receivers coach Brennan Marion and the Texas staff are still working hard on Lucas Lovejoy wide receiver Kyle Parker, currently an LSU commits. You think they end up getting him back uh, on campus for an official visit during that December 17th weekend? I think they do. I think they do. It's. it's I think it's going to come down to him or DeAndre Moore, the Louisville commit out of Cali. It's going to be one of those two guys. I know they really like Jaden Greathouse as well, the Austin Westlake high productive cat. Uh, committed to Notre Dame. But right now, it's going to be DeAndre Moore or Kyle Parker. Uh, Kyle's committed to LSU, but he's always loved Texas. And one of the things that Texas, you got to give him credit, they stayed with him. Even after an offer and earlier in the year, I think they'd kind of looked in another direction. and But they always kept him in mind. And he had a phenomenal senior year. I mean, absolutely burst his senior year and, and, and put out great tape, really fortified how good he, of a prospect he is. And, and so now you've got Steve Sarkeesian and Brent, Brendan Marion that have gone to see him play here recently. You've got them talking to him on a regular basis, trying to get him back on campus potentially for, for another visit, for another trip. He's, 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 he's in the mix. And, and that's tough because LSU is recruiting very, you know, they've got some momentum right now, even with the lost A&M, they're going to sign a top five, top six, seven class. And, and so it's going to be tough to pry him away, but I do think he's always kind of like Texas. I do think the proximity would help out there as well. And then you've got the DeAndre Moore factor. you got another kid that's absolutely talented and could take that, that final wide receiver spot in this class. Um, it's maybe, it may be first come first serve. It's going to be interesting, man. The next few weeks, it, it'll all shake out. And, and I just have a feeling it would be one or the other. And that really begins with the guys who are already playing college ball. The transfer portal uh, really fires up for FBS recruits starting after the conference championship games next weekend. Boy, there's a, there's a lot here, Justin. But uh, I guess the easiest way to ask this is what should Longhorn fans prepare themselves for starting next Sunday night into Monday morning? Anarchy. <laughs> Just Armageddon. Full-on college football free agency. Yeah. You know, it, it's 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 that's where we're at. That's where we're at right now. And just enjoy the chaos. Embrace it. I do. Don't stress about it. Have fun with it. Understand, man, from a Texas standpoint, they're in such a good position when it comes to approaching the portal. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the past, it was it was an unbelievable necessity to fill holes that lacked development or lacked recruiting scores or things of that sort, they're in such a better place now. And you're not looking at an overhaul roster. You're looking at filling a few spots and potentially adding one or two better players than you may have at that position, Uh, an all-conference player somewhere else, uh, you know, somewhere that sort, an FCS All-American of that sort, a Diamante Tucker Dorsey, a Gary Johnson you know, you can find those guys. And this staff proved last offseason how good they were about finding those guys. Yeah, uh, the Jaleel Billingsley experiment didn't work out very well. But, man, Quinn Ewers, is, we've seen the promise in Quinn Ewers, that quarterback. Ryan Watts has been an all-conference corner. Um, the, the guys have, have, have really put up, you know, they, 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 they did a good job evaluating those guys. So the portal, 
Yeah, for FBS, it starts on, we believe it's going to be Sunday morning or Sunday, Sunday, late Sunday night, early Monday morning. Uh, it's after the uh, bowl selection championships get all that stuff gets ironed out. But here it, it's going to be a blast because just to understand, there are going to be a handful of Longhorns that, that leave the program. And, and we're very aware of that and, and, and kind of how that's going to go along. But they're going to be replaced. That's that's the thing you have to understand is these spots. Sark has, I think, took some of the some of his playbook from the Atlanta Falcons on how to build and the bottom churn the bottom of a roster. You know, they're big on that in the NFL. They do it every single day. And I think you're seeing some of that at Texas with Sark. He he is attempting to churn the bottom of that roster as much as possible. And that's kind of how you're going to have to operate in a major P5 conference in college, the future of college football with 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 NIL, with the transfer portal, with recruiting high school players still at a premium. You're going to have to manage all those things. You're going to have to juggle all those things. And to me, at the end of the day, Sark and this staff has been has shown a keen eye for guys that are culture fits and guys that can come in and play and make an impact. And so if they finish again with the top five recruiting class, which it looks like they are, they're going to be right there on that line. Uh, it really depends on the last few guys that, that jump in the boat. Um, I could see them still grabbing five, six, seven guys in the portal, uh, not only just to fill spots, but also because this team's going to lose a lot of guys, Trey. You're, you're going to see Texas have four, five guys drafted this year. You're going to see another handful, four or five, probably end up as undrafted free agents in camps. So you're going to lose, and, and, a, and a heart of that's on your defense. We talked about the, what the defense had to do this year to be better, and that was a lot, eight or nine guys playing with chips on their shoulders that, that are playing for a de facto contract year, and that's exactly what they did this year. DeMarvion Overstone, the quintessential one of, of all those guys that did that. Uh, you could also say Keandre Coburn as well. And so that's what it's going to come down to. The portal's going to be fun. Just embrace the chaos. You're going to see a couple kids that you really love or you really like. Yeah, they'll probably go to another school. That's just the way of the game that it is. I can promise you the staff is aware of some of those guys that are ready to depart, and they have a few guys in mind that they're going to fill in. Uh, we, what we don't do at Inside Texas is speculate, obviously. We don't, we don't throw the names out just yet just because it just doesn't feel right. We'll, we'll let those guys proclaim it when they do. No, you guys uh, just have the stories ready to go, which is, uh, which is impressive every time. Yeah, well, that's just part of the that's part of the job, <laughs> because and let me tell you, you know, with recruiting stories, it's fun. But now you got you, know, you got the transfer portal. And so it's a constant going back and forth. But to me, it keeps us on our toes. It's fun. And, if you know, if I'm a Texas fan, I'm excited because this team doesn't need an overhaul. Trey. They just need to fill in a few spots, get another D lineman, get another linebacker or two, bring in a good veteran safety. This defense is going to pick up where it left off. And Sark talked about uh, still searching for that third wide receiver. You're likely losing Jordan Whittington, even though he has a year of eligibility left. He participated in senior day a few days ago, so he's going to be gone. I know there's speculation with Xavier Worthy. Uh, Will Isaiah Nayor come back to 100%? You hope for all of those things, but even if – Worthy and Naor are back as part of that receiving core next year. And some of those younger guys are a year older and hopefully developing the Savion Reds and the Brennan Thompsons. You still want to find another veteran presence that can uh, not just come in and play, but really fit in with that receiving room and help some of those younger guys with uh, they themselves trying to get better as well. 
And, and, and they've already identified some of those guys, Trey. Dominic Lovett out of Missouri. This is a kid that, 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 that that's a guy I think Texas is going to have a lot of interest in. Uh, Andrew Armstrong, 6'6 kid. Put it down a little bit, please. 6'6 kid uh, out of Bishop. He's out of the Dallas area. Uh, played at AM Commerce. Uh, grew three inches in college. He's 6'6 now. And about 185, had a tremendous year. He's heard from 30-something schools in the last couple of weeks. He's got a lot of upside. I know Texas has some interest there. That's just in the that's just in the early ranks. You're going to see some more names come out. You're going to see some pretty big names, I, I would imagine, from probably some pretty – a couple from in-state schools uh, that, that might surprise you a little bit. But, you know, that's – you know, that like I said, that's, that's the, it's the card everybody's been dealt now. And so that's just part of the the of the <laughs> job of covering it, man. It, it's there's just a, so many new avenues for transactions, so many new avenues for new and, and inventive things with NIL and the portal. It's um, it's just it, it's fun. But just understand as Texas fans, I've seen this from the worst side where you're literally trying to put together a patchwork offensive line. Like to me, that was the worst when you you were like begging for a Calvin Anderson. You were just you were you were pleading for a Parker Braun. Hmm. Now this is a different boat. This is a different scenario. This is a different situation. The culture's different. The program's different. Majority of the team will be back next year. Receiver is a spot that you want another dude. I think Isaiah Nayor's rehab is going just fine. I, I think he is a guy that's, that that could be poised to get back to where he was. Um, worthy remains to be seen. Some of those other guys, and like you said, Whittington, he walked, so he's probably gone. But Savion Red showed some burst this year. Brennan Thompson showed some 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 get and some go this year. And there's going to be a few receivers, I think. You know, Jonte Cook's enrolling early in January. Mm-hmm. He's going to play as a freshman. Uh, I, I feel like Ryan Niblett is going to play early. Uh, that's a guy that that, that can change the game uh, with his, with his skill set. They're going to be just fine, I, and I can tell you that they'll be a better passing team na- next year than they will this year. There'll be a lot of different little factors that go into that, but they'll be better in the room. They'll be more qualified, and to me, that's going to really open up what Sark can do in this offense. And you know what? They'll need to be better throwing the football next year oh, because yeah. no offense to Jonathan Brooks. He looks great every opportunity he gets the football, and the offensive line is coming along, as you just said, but – Deshaun Robinson only comes along once every uh, lifetime or so, yeah. much less that Deshaun Roshan Johnson uh, one-two punch. So, yes, the passing attack is going to have to do a better job of carrying its weight next season. And that, that's – and it will. you got a guy like Quinn Ewers for a reason. There's there's the arm talent there. When the, when they get all the, the mechanics tweaked and everything, they get him running like a, a smooth engine, I think this offense will go even further. Um but yeah, you're gonna miss Bijan. You're gonna miss Rashawn. You're gonna miss that leadership. But I'm telling you, Jonathan Brooks is good. Jonathan Brooks has some. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. He has some Tony Dorsett to his game. Um, it's very creative and crafty and vision based in, in, in making three you know three decisions before you make your first. And Jonathan Brooks is gonna be good. That's a guy that, that that's going to really take the reins. And don't forget who will be on campus in January. And that's the number one tailback in the country, Cedric Baxter. And that's one big joker. Good luck trying to, to tackle him. Big 12, one more year, SEC, two or three years. Love to hear it, Justin. Thank you for the great intel as always. Hey, man, always a pleasure getting to see you, brother. 
No doubt. This is the Recruiting Breakdown brought to you by a great Longhorn mortgage professional, Gabe Winslow. Gabe is a diehard Texas ex with more than 20 years in the industry doing mortgages throughout the great state of Texas. Contact Gabe today and give him the opportunity to earn your business. Thanks to those of you for checking us out on the On Texas Football YouTube channel. If you did enjoy tonight's episode, please do make sure to give that thumbs up a click. And also, if you haven't done so already, what are you waiting for? Click to subscribe to On Texas Football. Great content throughout the week, seven days a week. Uh, we got you covered with Longhorn football news, recruiting news, of course, as well, like this show is all about. For Justin Wells, I am Trey Elling. Have yourselves a great rest of the week. We'll speak to you next Tuesday. In the meantime, hook them. <laughs>